Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion 1312. Live, Tuesdays 9 to 10 p.m. on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM or streaming 4ZZZ.org.au. Podcasts and related content available at subversion1312.org and channel0network.com. Conclusion? We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organisation, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality and freedom. Cold when it's critical. Cool but cynical. Maxed out, never minimal. That's how we function. Cold when it's critical. Cool but cynical. Maxed out, never minimal. Welcome to London. Yo, that's how we function. That's how we function. Nobody don't trust nobody. Welcome to London. Yeah, that's how we function. That's how we function. Nobody don't trust nobody around here. What? Welcome to London. So when I step to the high road, I see CCTV and cameras. They're going hard for the riches and fortunes. From the street vendors to the bankers. Boys in blue always looking for a problem. There's a price to pay when you're a black man. There's a next one pressuring both sides. He don't give a fuck and we call him the tax man. Yo, so welcome to London fam. Poverty, we got that in abundance, fam. Some are homeless, some are reckless. You'll get fucked if you buck up on a London gang. What's sterling? They run up on your London grants. Put work in and mash up all your London plans. You can't argue when we start charging you congestion. That's another London scam. Cold when it's critical. Cool but cynical. Maxed out, never minimal. That's how we function. Cold when it's critical. Cool but cynical. Maxed out, never minimal. Welcome to London, yo, that's how we function, that's how we function, nobody don't trust nobody, welcome to London, yeah, that's how we function, that's how we function, nobody don't trust nobody round here. What? Welcome to London Flexing but slowly we're suffering All this name brand you see man covered in We go hard but we know we're gonna look good But the ego don't show when we're struggling Cold even though we've got the teapot bubbling Youngers on the roadside they do the hustling So the street crime's always epidemic And you could find a real killer in the club shuffling Yo, so welcome to London fam Black cabs, red buses and the white van Man, they've got oysters, they're not just seafood So the boy them can follow and see you 24 hours every day my city don't sleep You need peas in my city cause it's not cheap Top quality has never been a guarantee we'll extort you your friends and family cold when it's critical cool but cynical maxed out never minimal that's how we function cold when it's critical cool but cynical maxed out never minimal welcome to London yo that's how we function that's how we function nobody don't trust nobody welcome to London yeah that's how we function that's how we function. Nobody don't trust nobody round here. What? Welcome to London. What the fuck do you mean next week? Are you alright? Come here, listen. 
I've done the job and I want my fucking money now. So fuck off. Find my money. Come back. Put it in my hand. And then fuck off. Welcome to London, you mug. Welcome to Subversion 1312. Five minutes after nine o'clock and you're on for Triple Z 102.1 FM. My name is Linda and tonight I'm joined by Gerald Keeney and Marty from Hey Ho, Let's Go. And Claude, the Annika's dog, he's here as well. We're all ready to... Go. That song you just heard was by Flo Dan and it was called Welcome to London. And I heard that song when I was listening to Electric Crush on repeat. Electric Crush, the electronic music show on 4 Z on Friday nights between 8 and 10. And there's always something good on that. Uh, and oh, when you're playing yeah. on demand, you're talking about. Yep, on oh. demand. Yeah. Yep. It's a good, um, it's a good feature, isn't it? Yes, one of many ways Triple Z is online these days. So easy to find. Just look it up, for, Google for Triple Z, and take it from there. It's so easy. And uh, our website is for zzz dot org dot au. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about racism in music. Does that sum it up? Uh, you're the boss, Linda. Uh, well, you're an anarchist, so you're not the boss as uh, such, but you're, you're, you're the expert directing the ship. Yes, well, we're, we're going to be talking because of a an artist that's coming to play in Brisbane this week, but it's not, it's not, you can't, yeah, some things you can't, it's not cut and dry who's on what side or, or what a particular individual has and that's something that Peter's going to be talking about later on too in the show right now I'm going to be playing a song called Why We Build the Wall Who do we call the enemy, the enemy? 
have not, my children, my children, because they want what we have got. song you just heard was called Why We Build the Wall and that's actually from a musical uh, Jerry said it was quite dramatic and I said yes well it's from a musical you can imagine them on stage doing, doing that and that was from the musical called Hades Town musical H-A-D-E-S it's a hell of a musical someone had to do it yes so yeah that Musical was in in America somewhere, so you can look it up. Ten minutes after nine o'clock, you're listening to the Anarchy Show for for Unfortable Z Subversion One Three One Two, and Marty and Jerry are here once again. I have to thank Marty for for filling in for the show when oh, I've no been been ill recently and it's been a, a great relief for that and it's good to get him back here too because he, it's always good to listen to the show with him and all the music he, he plays. I enjoyed uh, the different sort of mindset of getting the music for, for this program. Anarchy yeah. and playing all those uh, anti-cop songs which is always a always a bonus. So do you want to talk do you want to talk Marty first? Because you're the one that sort of instigated yeah, this. Yeah, well, it, it, well I, I mean, other people instigated it in... Because um, Phil Lansamo was doing a tour in uh, New Zealand and Australia. Um, and he's playing here on Thursday and Friday at, at, down the road at Chardon's Corner. Um, but it, I saw it instigated. Um, you know, friends of mine... Straight after the the Christchurch massacre, arced up about him playing in New Zealand, and he was going to play in Christchurch as well, Wellington and Christchurch, and uh, so they got it cancelled. Um, and 
Yeah, I, I agreed with what they were doing because um, he's been, well, he's got a video of himself speaking at a white power um, rally, talk, spouting right, white power views in 1995. That was at a Pantaro concert, actually. Oh, I thought it was a, a Pride... Uh, oh, well, it um, could be both. Yeah. Yeah. But he was at, at what well, he's on, up on stage. Oh, yeah, he's up on stage. yeah, yeah. He's on. Yeah, there's and two parts of yeah. the video. Yeah, and there's another another one. Twenty one years later, you know, I'm, I saw I saw it when it came out. Oh, that, and that's another thing. Um, I do a show. Hey, yeah, let's go. Um, and that um, when that when he did that in 2016, I stopped playing Pantera, and I haven't played them since because I thought that that should not go ahead. It's a right. It's it's a it's it's not a right to be at the front. It's a privilege to be at the front with all the people watching you. And um, when he and it's, sure he got drunk, but you, you know, like I said, before, when I when I get drunk, I fall asleep. I don't go on you know <laughs> racist rants. <laughs> you know, I just fall asleep in a corner. You, you don't uh, you don't talk to NRA <laughs> representatives <laughs> like One Nation. No, no, that was another thing. Yeah, but um, and because of all that, I thought that people should get a bit of information about what Phil Anselmo has been doing in his past. And it's a long time um, for for a period of over twenty one years. And he is playing here, and you know, this weekend people should have a bit of a bit of, a, a bit of knowledge about that before they go. So I think if it, they go. yeah, somewhere to start maybe is that we contacted. So they're playing at the back room. We contacted the back room. I emailed Chardon's Corner, messaged the uh, the back room Facebook, and then there Marty found their tour is being organised or promoted or whatever it is. Yeah, by the Australia part of it, you know, being sound. There's just not no commenting and words. One in New Zealand. Straight away, very, very th- thorough letter, but here, um, nothing. So nothing at all. No, yeah. no reply. Just emu stuck his head in his hand and doing nothing. So I actually, so I contacted Soundworks Touring, who's the people touring, and I said, "Hi, I'm from Fort Triple Z in Brisbane. I do a program called Subversion One Three One Two. There's some concern about Phil Anselmo performing due to racist comments he's made a number of times since at least 1995. I'm writing to ask for a response to these concerns. Regards, Linda, and they say no comments." No comment, thanks. And then I say, thanks very much for your response. Can you please clarify if you're making no comment about him saying racist things or no comment as to whether or not he has said racist things? There's a very real concern in the community about racist comments leading to horrifying racist action right now. And they say no comment. And I think Jerry has something to say as well. Oh, about know, whether yeah. it'll lead to well I yeah I didn't take him maybe as seriously as I should have today I was because I did the I did read the article in Rolling Stone and he backed off from his racist remarks and I didn't know about the 1995 stuff sorry about that so perhaps I've underestimated the it's extent. a long time isn't it yeah right so maybe know. I've underestimated the extent of the bigotry and I, I was feeling after I read the Rolling Stone article that look he's he's probably a bit contradictory but since he was called up in, for doing that stuff in 2016 he 
said he didn't believe in that stuff and then he donated some money to the Simon Weisenthal Foundation, the guy who was a Nazi, Nazi hunter, and he donated some money to a black gym. And I was like, oh, okay, well, obviously the guy's a bit conflicted, a bit confused, maybe... Maybe he's had a bit of a, a life where not conducive to kind of consistent thinking but more partying or whatever. And I didn't take him maybe as seriously as I should have. So, I yes, I feel a bit embarrassed about that. But, yeah, look, I think that there is... I think Chardon's one, one issue, I thought, given that he is, a, that he is as, as full-on as we are, as I'm now discovering, one issue is that... That's an area where there's a lot of uh, African people living. And I, I, I drafted a letter, actually, to the organisers saying that if there was a taunting or assaults or a race riot or anything like that, or vandalism, that uh, actually those organisers should be held responsible for, for staging an event that led to, to conflict with the local community. So, yes, is that what you're talking about, Linda? Me suggesting that? Or? Yes, yes, that was it. Yes, yes. yes. So, yeah, I, I guess that's true. Granted that he is uh, as full on as, as as Marty and Linda are suggesting, then then that that's more a valid concern, I guess. I've got to say, when I read the the article in Rolling Stone, he came across as very very conflicted. You know, denying all all form of racism. To, you know, no, I hate that stuff. Sort of denying transphobia and stuff. It's, I, I find it a bit hard to know what to believe with some of these stars. And I think sometimes as well, it's not just that the information about them is contradictory. I, I think what happens is they're actually contradictory people. And I've got a couple of theories about this, which I can talk about. Do you want me to? Yeah, but first we'll go to a song. All right. Yeah, sure. Marty's got a song lined up for this us. This is a torso um, song of theirs called Sick of Fighting. You're on Four Triple Z One or Two Point One FM.
songs by Torso there. Marty, what, what did we hear? That was uh, Sick of Fighting and then Grab a Shovel. Torso's a band from uh, California, I believe. Yeah, I like their stuff. Not prone to racist rants, whether drunk or on stage <laughs> or drug fucked. That was, uh, that, that was came out in March 2018, that's all. Now, Jerry, can you tell me what you're going to talk about? Well, uh, before I go further, I think it's pretty funny that when uh, Phil was busted in 2016 with the racist rant, he goes, no, I was talking about white wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> white pretty, wine. And then ridiculous. the other guy said there was no white wine. Why did this show yet? That's like uh, Scott Morrison when when called out about talking about exploiting the fear of Muslims at a party meeting in 2011, Scott Morrison goes, Greg Hunt is on the record. On the record is saying that I didn't, or whatever. And then the journalist goes, Greg Hunt wasn't actually at that meeting. <laughs> yep. White wine. Yes, it was pretty strange. <clears throat> he, uh, was, he was drunk, but he, yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I guess one thing I felt about it was that, like, there's, there's such a... I, I got confused a bit about the backflip, and I, okay, I'm, I, I've got new information tonight, so that's good. But I guess I felt a bit that you know you never would have got a backflip like that out of say Ian Stewart from Screwdriver, right? Like they were they were much more hardcore, and I'm sure there's plenty. I, I haven't kept up as much as I should have, but I'm sure there's plenty of bands around which are just wouldn't backflip like that. And why did he backflip? I, I look, it's an interesting question. I mean, sometimes it's pretty big. Pantera is pretty big. Well, they were in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, is it a commercial consideration? I mean, Nazis are often ashamed of their of their politics too, which is an interesting fact too. We should flag, but you know, maybe it's like oh, they, they don't want to impact on sales, and so then they don't they don't uh, want to want to be too associated with hard right views. Whereas perhaps bands with with fewer commercial aspirations don't care so much about that, or aren't aren't as involved in the in the industry, and so can be more right wing i mean the industry industry itself obviously will promote racism but i guess they'll also try and have their cake and eat it too they'll try and reach all the market niches they can so you could quite easily imagine industry constructing these these contradictory characters like like phil who who say both things because that way you cover all bases you've got you've got your kind of your pantera fans who aren't necessarily nazis who i know a few of and then you've got your kind of right wing and 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 you've got a lot of them and and you have your cake and eat it too so i think that's one thing that does happen and we should maybe be aware of that and maybe another thing here is that's interesting is as well is it's just how sort of empty a lot of this bigotry is it's it's you know i mean if you're if you're a fan of a band and you like and and say you're a fan of Pantera, but you're not you're not a far right wing fan of Pantera. Then then there's independent reasons why why you're not uh, right wing. Whereas if, when you when you come to bigotry, the the external reasons are uh, very shallow and and very easily pulled apart. So you can complain about Muslim culture or anything or any other culture you want to, and maybe you know those cultures aren't perfect. But of course, the the very same problems that you pick out out in their culture, you'll find in your own culture, suggesting that it's not ethnicity or race that's the real problem, but the some some deeper underlying factor, i.e., economic vectors. And because there's there's and, and there's just nothing to to back up any of the bigotry, the, the Human Genome Project uh, has totally knocked it on the head. It was already knocked on the head by genetics before that. Like, it's very empty, and I think sometimes it can be just this, just this 
kind of fan thing. It's like a style or a, it's cool, man. And I, you can even – I get that feeling a bit about Phil, you know, that like he's a bit of, a, he's a bit of an empty shell and he, it's like a lot of those stars. It's like Nicole Kidman wears a camel no filter T-shirt because she thinks it's cool. Phil, Ann, Phil does the Nazi salute because he thinks it's cool. It's just empty and it's, it's just about kind of what they think's cool – and it says something about bigotry, about how bigotry itself can be this kind of style or this like... The oh, Mongol world, they used, they used to do the Zigel as well. Yeah, OK. Now they've stopped it. Now, now they've kind of like thought about it. Oh, I mean, it's a bit like Sid Vicious wearing the Nazi T-shirt, perhaps. You know, it was like shop value. It was like a style thing. But it, it was a mistake in that it led into... Same with Susie Sue, it led into... You know, it, it gave some impetus to, to what happened with the National Front in the 80s in England. But... I think it's one of the things about it, though. It's that there's not much beyond that kind of style or that that kind of shock value or that kind of visceral impact it has. When, when you actually try to sit down and think about the arguments for it, it's it's rubbish. Well, that's why we're we're talking about this now because of Christchurch just recently was perpetrated by a white a white power Nazi. Yeah. And yeah, and, yeah, and but what, what, what were the basis for his beliefs, and what was he trying to accomplish? Did, did he like metal music? Like maybe is heavy metal the thing? Is there some? Yeah, I, don't, I, I think like, there's, there's a lot of really great. Like if you go on the punks and skinheads against bigotry site, you'll find there's a lot of really great anti bigots who are into metal, including into into and punk as well. Yeah. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, black metal and stuff. So, but yeah, know, you want to be careful about like, those we, associations. We know that like there's punk, there's punk bands that are bigots as well. Yeah, so right, there's right. Like, yep. Everywhere there is. there's there is. some. You know, I think you have to kind of break through, and you have to you have to analyse in terms of context. Was yeah, you know, Sid Vicious wasn't really a bigot, but he wore the swash sticker because of the time and place. It was a mistake, but that's what happened. That was all about shock, then. You know? That was all about shock. Yeah, and so I think that. I really don't think Sid Vicious was. Into no, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He was. He was into other stuff. I, yeah, I, I know what he was into. It wasn't that kind of stuff. But I mean, I think that like you wind up with this. Um, yeah, you wind up having to un- analyze things in terms of their very much in terms of their context. And when you get to a lot of the music industry context, it can be yeah, it can be quite confusing and contradictory. I think. And we got a, a song that uh, along those lines. Uh, this is a song called "New Nazis" by Discord. Ripper.
another very fast punk song there by Discord and uh, there was another one ready ready to go straight away I'm not used to these fast punk songs Marty <laughs> as I said today Peter came around and he first of all he wanted to talk about the fall of Daesh and that Daesh no longer have any physical they're not occupying any space in the Middle East but then we got on to racism and how people use racism or they don't use racism and it depends on the circumstance but first of all we're going to hear talk uh, Peter talking about about Daesh and the victory of the okay, Kurdish uh, Peter Kapotkin here and I just got something uh, to say about uh, the fall of the caliphate uh, it's, it is uh, no more uh, uh, the uh, so-called Islamic State uh, is territorially defunct though of course Daesh still exists and has been, you know, doing bombings and uh, assassinations in the area, so it is still a problem. But of course, the uh, uh, Syrian Democratic Forces, which is largely largely Kurdish base, have been celebrating, and justly so, because they, of course, have been uh, bearing the brunt of resistance to Daesh in in that area. And of course, uh, um, the uh, uh, Kurdish def- self-defense. YPG group is, is affiliated with uh, the Syrian Democratic Forces, and they had a big parade to celebrate. I mean, it's been coming for so long, hasn't it, people? Oh, yes, yes, the end of da- Daesh, Daesh, Islamic State. But uh, in their parade, uh, they had their own flags, and of course, they were carrying uh, the flags of the United States as well. And it just put me in mind of of how confusing this whole situation is, because many people on the left would be conflicted. Oh, are the Kurds the good guys or not? Well, you know, why are they why are they uh, flying the flag of the U.S.? Well, of course, they just had to depend on on the U.S. military might to deal with Daesh because of their tactics. It's, it's a tactical situation. They have to be pragmatic. When you've got a heavily armored truck full of high explosives coming at you, it's best to deal with it before it gets anywhere near you. You know, because not just the blast, the shock wave will incapacitate you, and then the ground troops will come in. So, of course. Having having a, a war plane coming over and dealing with it before it gets to your lines is just you know the way that they had to deal with it. But th- this is um is part of a whole whole thing that 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 we have to deal with. Is the U.S. inherently anti-Muslim? No, I don't think it is. I don't think the American industrial uh, military complex, the American ruling class, is inherently anti-Muslim. I think there's plenty of examples in history. The Vietnamese people, they weren't Muslim. People in Central America, in El Salvador, Nicaragua, were they Muslim? No, they were communists or Catholics. The people in Granada, no, I think they were Rastafarians. And remember the, the Yugoslavian civil war, the, the Bosnians and the Serbs. The US, as part of NATO, was you know was bombing the Serbs to protect the the the, um, uh, the, the Muslims in uh, in Srebrenica. So it's pragmatic on their part too. Uh, uh, look look around the world. Uh, uh, who are the, who is the best friends of the US in the Middle East? Bes- you know, besides Israel, Saudi Arabia. The, the heartland, the homeland of Islam, more Islamic than anyone, supposedly. Uh, and, uh, and then there's Pakistan and Indonesia and even Turkey. These are all, you know, Muslim-majority countries that have, you know, been in close, uh, you know, cooperation with the U.S., of course. All these relationships are, you know, 
up for grabs or are even changing as we speak. The whole relationship with Saudi Arabia is, you know, is fraught with, uh, with you know, with problems. And, of course, Pakistan with all those, you know, drone strikes and in Indonesia uh, going back to the 60s and, of course, Turkey. Uh, Turkey was once pretty stale, you know, pretty close to the U.S., and now, now it's it's really up in the air. And of course, we can even go, you know, to even closer to Saddam Hussein. Who remembers that footage of Saddam Hussein shaking hands with Donald Rumsfeld in the eighties? Was it under Reagan or under the, the first Bush? And they were fine with him, you know, in a Muslim majority country. And you know, of course, they wanted to keep him from becoming communist. But also, he was it was fine when he was attacking Iran and you know oppressing his own Shiites and using chemical weapons on the Kurds. Oh, yes, that's okay. But, you know, then the Cold War ended and things changed and he stepped over the line, you know, he went too far. And, oh, suddenly he's as bad as Hitler and, you know, we'll, we'll make an example out of him. So the, the US, I think, is an equal opportunity oppressor. It doesn't really matter what your religion is. It matters where you are and, and how much you, you might, you know, be in conflict with their, their aims. It, it was only about 10 years ago that a former American intelligence agent came out and said, the U.S. does not... This is Anna from Ipswich 161, supporting Triple Z and Subversion 1312 Radio in particular. Um, support local radio, support independent radio and independent media, support those who... Support. It's mostly the Anglophones who they're friends with, including us. But, you know, even that is up for grabs now. So, uh, we, you know, we just have to keep in mind that this can be, you know, a, a, a problematic situation that we have to deal with, you know, day by day, situation by situation. Don't, don't, don't write off the Kurds as, you know, sellouts or anything. They're, they're there, they're on the ground, they have to deal with this shit, which, of course... The U.S. is responsible for, in large part, they created the conditions which led to Daesh. So you know, it's only fair that they, that they do some bloody thing about it. But of course, we're going to see. The, the problem is now, of course, Turkey wants to, you know, crack down on the Kurds, and and that idiot in the White House, who knows what he's going to do? He said, "Oh, I'm going to remove all the troops, and then I'm not." And so it, it's it's a situation that we have to, you know, keep an eye on.
for the boys, money for your mates. It's all good in the Sunshine State. Come on! Singles and Sniggerette. We just heard from Peter talking about the rise, no, about the fall of Day S. And there's another part, it's quite short, and we're going to have some discussion afterwards. If they can use, you know, the, the fear, if they can generate fear about anybody, then, then they will. But they'll also, like, you know, there was some guy on the ABC the other night who's saying, you know, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? The Prime Minister's his mate. He was, you know, a Muslim spokesperson. I mean, there's Muslims and there's Muslims, isn't there? They're just a group of people which you can, you know, you can say they've, they've got something in common, but they're pragmatic too. So, no, I think, I think you know, they'll, they'll use it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think it's confusing if you say, oh, you know, they hate every single Muslim. And, and it turns out that some of them, you know, are friends with them, you know, with the conservatives. They're, they're, they're pragmatic too. They're, they're opportunistic too. They'll, you know, if they can find advantage, you know, in cozying up to the conservatives. I mean, they are, you know, some Muslims are conservative for Christ's sakes. <laughs> so I don't think you should get stuck in a rut about it, you know, saying, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're. I mean, obviously, individuals. You know, some individuals in the in the conservative parties, some individuals in the in the U.S. ruling class, yes, you know, would would be, have a real xenophobic, visceral hatred of anyone who's not Christian. Yeah, sure. But as an overall policy, no, I don't think it would serve them. To just you know, they want to they want to co-opt. They want to use anything to any advantage. Which you know, like you see, um, the, uh, Trump dancing with with the Saudis. I don't think he can say that he's you know. Oh, hating all Muslims. He's more, he's more, he's more uh, adverse to Mexicans anyway, really, because they're closer. So, yeah, well, that makes sense. What about, why is the media drumming, why is there all this fear and hate good copy. about... It's good copy. It's good, you know, it's good, it's good, makes a good image. You can, you know, you can play those videos of... You know, Daesh on the march and, you know, all that shit. So it's this chicken and egg thing. Is it the politicians mm. that mm. are making the media to then be make people fearful of Muslims or is it that the media is, is drumming up fear about Muslims? 
and the politicians well, are... It's, it's both. It's a continuum. I, I don't think you have to, you know, say it's one or the other. It's a, you know, continuum, a, a, a dynamic. You know, it feeds on itself in a way. But see, that, that's what, you know, the thing was that a lot, a lot of people are confused about the Kurds, about the, the situation, of, you know, in, in Kurdistan. You know, are, 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 should we be supporting them or should we not, you know? Some of them, yes, we should support. Some of them, no, we shouldn't support. You see what I mean? Like, just, they just want to lump them more, you know, they, people want to get to grips with it and say, oh, no, we can't trust the Kurds. I mean, there is that in the, in the region, apparently. A lot of, you know, non-Kurdish people say they don't like Kurds, you know, they don't... They just put them in a block, like, you know, like the Nazis go, oh, we don't like Jews, you know, it's the same sort of thing. I'm not. But there were probably Jews that the Nazis liked, yeah. Well, there was, actually, on SBS the other night, apparently. They, they what did they, they say? Um, they would um, um, Aryanize. Like, someone's wife had a Jewish grandmother, so she was officially Aryanized. Yes, yes. But I mean, you know, that was just one incident. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Hitler and Himmler and that, that, that they wouldn't, you know, they, they would have had to uh, grit their teeth and, and bear it, you know. So you're saying that Trump is friends with Muslim people? Well, rich, powerful ones, yes, Linda, of course, because he's got something very much in common with them, hasn't he? They're but, rich and powerful. But Hitler would not be friends with any of them. No, I think he would. He will, I think he was really. I mean, I didn't know him personally. Really? Yeah, but but he was. You know, he had some serious mental health problems. Uh, you know, even more so than uh, than Trump. I think. Don't, you know, I think that's pretty. Uh, pretty. Sad. I mean, he he actually got got help from a, a Jewish charity in uh, back in Vienna when he was you know on the streets. He actually received some charity. You know, help. But, oh, that didn't matter. Apparently you're listening to 4 Z. However, it is also the case that time does not exist, so forget it. By, by past, we mean that which is exactly not present and future. By present, that which is not past and future. And by future, that which is not past or present. However, every moment has the incompatible characteristics past, present and future. So yesterday, at the time, was present. Before that... It was future, and now it's in the past. So because all moments of time have the incompatible characteristics, time does not exist. That song was by Nerve Damage and 
Marty, you said that was a local band. Yeah, yeah. Local band. I saw them play at uh, Unite just, just recently. Awesome. Why are we stopping? Why are we trying to stop? Why did New Zealand stop Thor and Samo playing over there? It's because he, you know, it, like what you were saying, Linda, before, it's, it's okay to have free speech, but it's not okay to have hate speech because hate speech can lead to bad things being done. I just have a joke I've been meaning to do is that New Zealand cancelled his shows because of racism. Australia added two shows, two more <laughs> shows. And two of them are in Brisbane. Well, two. Two shows are, two shows Yeah, are. one in Brisbane, they added another one in Adelaide. Yeah. To Australia. And voted in uh, um, Paul Mark Latham to, to the New South Wales Parliament. We heard then, we had Peter talking about the fact that, uh, yeah, it, some people use racism when it suits them and when it doesn't suit them. Look, it's true that about, and it, I guess it does linking with what we've been saying about Phil that you know when Phil at one point thought it was cool to do the Nazi salute and another point was doing other hate hate rock stuff and then later on no look I'm not into it I've donated to the black gym in Detroit I've um, I've donated to the Simon Weissenthal Foundation and yeah that's right I mean I think that that if you think about racism, really, it's, 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 I think this is one thing Peter missed a bit, I guess. One way I do disagree with him is that it's really about divide and conquer so that you divide up people who would otherwise get together and be able to oppose exploitation because profit comes out of exploitation. It doesn't come out of nowhere. And solidarity between workers and the exploited generally is a way of, of beating it. So you want to beat... You, if you're on the ruling class side, you want to knock that on the head. And so you use that divide and conquer method but then as well as marx says capitalism throws down all xenophobias as well and how does this work well if i want to sell you something and you want to buy it i don't care who you are and so we've got to understand that this kind of contradiction is 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 correct is 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 real and I mean, an interesting thing about what peter was saying which i do agree with is that peter was right to say that that it's very hypocritical. So, for instance, there's always friendly fundamentalists. So fundamentalism of all stripes is conservative and there's always going to be friendly fundamentalists who will, who will, um, who will be on the side of, say, the US military interventions. This happened a lot in, say, Afghanistan. So the US got on the side of the good fundamentalists who were, in, who were people who, came, who, who were related to the, to the people who fought the Russians and then they wound up encouraging homophobia and, uh, and and actually reduced the US invasion thereby reduced the amount of freedom gays and women had in Afghanistan. So Peter had a good point there. And that is our lot for the week. Thanks very much to Jerry and Muddy for coming in. Gerald, are there any shows of Gerald Keeney and the Gerald Keeneys coming up? No, I don't. I, I don't think we've got anything booked right now, but uh-huh. yeah, keep an eye on the Facebook page and what have you. Considering all offers. Watch the skies. Maybe we'll get some uh, skywriting of the next gig up over Brisbane. Yeah, well, right. Oh. And, Marty, you've got a show coming up this Friday. Midnight. Yeah, Friday midnight. Yes. 
Hey ho, let's go, and that's the end of Subversion 1312 for tonight. Thanks for having us in, Linda. We're going out with uh, Cursor right now. This is uh, Different Shoes.
Live every first and third Friday of the month at 9pm GMT. Check out www.dissidentisland.org for downloads and more. We imagine a world beyond prisons and police, borders and surveillance. Rust Belt Abolition Radio is an abolitionist media and movement building project based in Detroit, Michigan. Each monthly episode amplifies the voices of those impacted by mass incarceration and explores ongoing work in the movement to abolish the carceral state and racial capitalism. Tune in to Rust Belt Abolition Radio here on the Channel Zero Network and visit www.rustbeltradio.org to learn more. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash sub anarchy show. On Twitter, anarchy underscore show. He's gonna choke on his harmonica outputs And on the 4ZZZ website, 4ZZZ.org.au Violence can be even even applied to the natural environment because we rely upon the natural environment for our survival. But inanimate objects, especially those that are man-made and are used to destroy life, I don't think you can be violent too. I think it's a lot of times more violent to allow them to exist.
myself Every fire needs a little bit of help Nothing ever burns down by itself Every fire needs a little bit of help There is a certain social process which is known and very visible, but perhaps not acknowledged as much as it should be. It is that one where a new idea, or an old one in new form, is accepted by a minority, while the majority are shouting treason, rubbish, kook, communist, capitalist, or whatever is the term of abuse valued in that society. And they develop this idea, at first probably in secrecy or in semi-secrecy, and then more and more visibly, with more and more support, until, guess what? what? This seditious, impossible, wrong-headed idea becomes what is known what? as received opinion and is loved and valued what? by the majority. Conclusion? In a democracy, the ignorant and meddlesome outsiders.